This is Sean Kinney with RCR Wireless News, and I'm looking forward to an interesting conversation today with Dino Beckus, the VP and GM of Qualcomm's Mobile and Compute Connectivity Business Unit. So Dino, thanks for joining me. And I'm really looking forward to talking through a number of fast developing and, and very complementary technological trends today. But to start, could you maybe tell me and our audience a bit about the work you and your colleagues do at Qualcomm? Sure, Sean. Well, thanks for having me. I'm certainly excited to have the opportunity. Um, as most people know, Qualcomm's had a you know over 35-year pedigree as a leading solutions provider in wireless technologies. And so I have the privilege to lead the business that's really setting the pace for Wi-Fi and Bluetooth innovation for the mobile and compute industry. Um, and along the lines of some of the products that some of you may have seen, the Fast Connect family solutions. But it doesn't end there. You know, these same solutions are helping to drive Qualcomm success in other key markets we participate in, such as the automotive, IoT, and consumer electronics. And beyond that, my team is investing in new wireless technologies and initiatives like 60 gigahertz, um, really as a vehicle to expand sort of this envelope of capabilities while still staying grounded in our core mission. So it's a big and dynamic business. And frankly speaking, I think I've got the best job in the world and couldn't be more proud of the amazing team that makes this possible. So I wanted to start today by talking about Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, uh, extremely successful technologies that have just been broadly impactful. So maybe you could share some perspective with us on why Wi-Fi and Bluetooth are still as critically important today as they were 15 or 20 years ago. Sure. Well, I, uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> I think, I think you know we can all relate to the dramatic changes that we've seen in our daily lives over the past 18 months, right? Due to the pandemic and work from home dynamic, and I think that to me has really put a fine point on the um, you know the benefits of Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, made them even more evident. So things like, you know, needing always on devices, you know, the video calls for work. If you're like in my home, you've got, you know, four different people watching four different streaming services, online gaming going on. Uh, and then this recent really surge in consumer VR, which I'm really excited to have a chance to talk about later. Um, really, they really tax the capacity of legacy home networks. And I think that, you know, as more and more of our interactions have become you know, rare exceptions face-to-face, -face. Um, the sensitivity we have to poor audio and speech quality has really been, you know, increased. So when I look at what we've done over the last 15 years or more in this industry, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth have always played a pivotal role in our device experiences and have gradually brought this ever-expanding universe of information into the palm of our hand. Behind the scenes, there's a constant evolution of standards and capabilities that has really continued to drive meaningful improvements in what we have in terms of either sound quality, bandwidth, uh, reliability, security, and improved life, you know, uh, lifetime of the device in terms of battery life. And so I think the best way to, to really phrase how I think these things have you know, impacted us is I look at, you know, a story I've, I've maybe uh, had a chance to relate to some of my colleagues in the past. And it's really, uh, you know, about a year or so ago when we were traveling, visiting my, uh, my parents, really not uh, uh, in, you know, invested, let's say in uh, wireless uh, 
technology in the home and my, my children having, having a challenge with getting a reliable connection or being able to, you know, to game or do whatever they were doing on their devices. So, you know, we come home after a, a trip to, uh, to the in-laws and, and the parents and, um, you know, my son walks in the house, he's you know, so happy to be home. He sits down on the couch and he, you know, announces to the family, oh, I'm so excited that we're home. And I said, oh, why, you know, did you miss your, you know, the, the toys? Did you miss, uh, you know, the couch? No, I finally have, you know, good Wi-Fi. <laughs> and, and I think that, you know, through this last uh, 18 months, I think a lot of us have, you know, really gotten a firsthand view into that type of um, experience ourselves. I, you know, I've personally not my house have upgraded the Wi-Fi. And, and though we couldn't have anticipated the pandemic, right? I think Qualcomm has invested heavily in the technology to directly address some of the challenges that, you know, my son so humorously brought up and, and also, um, you know, the things that we've seen over the last 18 months as part of this work from home dynamic. So what are, you know, maybe some of those advancements just a quickly snapshot on would be, you know, the advent of Wi-Fi 6 and 6E, really that brought, that bring additional spectrum and throughput capabilities, expansions, uh, drive, you know, the ability to handle more devices, you know, support better power savings, uh, the ability to do better, you know, video um, through uh, things like multi-user MIMO and uh, the, you know, and the ability to address better sound quality with things like uh, dual Bluetooth or advanced, you know, coding techniques. So those are some of the, the ways I think that the progression over the last few years has, has really brought home the value of what Wi-Fi and Bluetooth bring to the table. And uh, last thing I'll say is most recently we've announced uh, Snapdragon Sound, which is really a way to take all these different Bluetooth advancements that Qualcomm has invested in over the past uh, you know, several years and drive that into sort of an integrated package uh, to deliver some real perceptible end-to-end -end values, like being able to um, improve the quality of uh, audio streaming, voice quality, and also lowering uh, the latency by almost 50%. So those are some of the, the things I see uh, as, you know, continuing to drive the value of, of Wi-Fi and Bluetooth in today's world. Dino, you know, that was great commentary on, on where we've been, including those recent advancements that you mentioned. But let's turn to where we're going. In the next uh, two to three years, what are the things that you're most excited about in terms of wireless technologies? Wow, that's a, that's a great question. I think there's a couple of things that stand out. And I think it would be first in terms of maybe the broader experience that I think all these different applications and technology capabilities together are gonna to bring. And then maybe a few kind of standout applications. And then, and, and then I, in my mind, I break that down into what are some of the kind of emerging capabilities that, um, that the latest generation of Wi-Fi and Bluetooth technologies are gonna to bring to market. So at the, the highest level, I think we're really at this you know, people have always talked about inflection points, but I think at the cusp of this, you know, a bit of a transformation, you know, we've been on a journey as, as we talked about over the last, you know, 15 years. And I think really at the next stage of the journey where um, we're going to see 
the ability of these devices, the ability of these technologies, um, instead of before bringing, let's say, the world into our hand or our palm, um, kind of now transporting us to anywhere we'd like in the world, or frankly, in the cosmos, <laughs> um, in both visually and, and audibly immersive experiences. And so, you know, it's going to be building on a core foundation of capabilities, some of which I discussed. I think security becomes an even more important piece of that equation and how we connect and interconnect our devices. I think our devices are going to become more intelligent, not just from things like machine learning, but having more contextual awareness and or maybe location awareness uh, that um, will allow devices to either, um, you know, adjust for certain conditions so that the experience maintains, you know, the quality level we're expecting or, or to um, maybe anticipate uh, some things that, that need to happen. I think on top of that, we're going to be seeing in the infrastructure better and improved end-to-end -end network management, uh, which coupled with some of these other advances will drive lower latencies and you know, more real-life experiences. And last but not least, I think uh, there's a whole set of new initiatives that you know, Qualcomm and you know, the industry is driving that will really take us to the next level of audio quality. Now, with respect to maybe the most exciting areas or applications, there's two that really stand out to me. Um, one is, you know, what this uh, extended reality space, whether it's virtual reality or augmented reality. And this is a real game changer. I think uh, I'm, I, you know, I have my, you know, my, my most recent experience of this is we, uh, we bought uh, this, uh, this Facebook uh, Quest you know, virtual reality uh, headset. And my daughter, you know, being, uh, you know, away from her friends and, and certainly uh, from her, uh, her, college, uh, her college friends, uh, found a, really spent hours and hours on this device, uh, meeting up with friends in chat rooms and, and, uh, and other places and really, you know, spending time to create, you know, avatars and really experiencing the kinds of things that we would normally experience if we were meeting up face-to-face, -face. oh, let's listen to some music, let's uh, have a chat, let's, uh, let's see if we can meet new people, all these things that we would normally do, let's say in an environment we would go out or at a party, uh, they were doing themselves, but they were separated by thousands of miles. And though I think that was a great way to handle an otherwise maybe difficult experience with uh, the pandemic, I really think that the quality of these interactions are only going to be growing in leaps and bounds. And so um, the things that you can do in person, um, certainly you're going to still want to do, but you also now are going to have an improving capability to do those, you know, remotely, whether that's uh, visiting places or, or having a chance to get closer to people, um, you know, that may be, uh, it may be hard to travel to on a regular basis. I think that's bringing the world closer together, and that's going to have a very impactful change to to how we how we run, and I think in in society. And I think it's only the beginning. I think um, the second item is really around, in my mind, around this resurgence that we're seeing in the PC space. It's really catalyzing a kind of renaissance in the computing industry. And I think what's happening is where before. You had a PC, it was, you know, maybe had an integrated camera, 
you know, had, had Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Um, it was really just about bare, bare bones features. I think now you're seeing companies invest very heavily. You're seeing users care about the experiences they can have, whether it's in virtual reality, gaming, or just the ability to do um, excellent quality of video chat interactions. I think that that's, that's now we're seeing a, a kind of a renewed interest in investment and innovation in that space. And of course, in parallel, the smartphone is gonna to continue to evolve as our on-the-go on portal into you know, this ever-expanding world. But you know, from a technology perspective, I think the key things that are gonna be um, you know, the most impactful over the course of the next couple of years are gonna be uh, how the technology is gonna dramatically improve latency and throughput, and there'll be things via standards that'll be coming out in addition to some of the core product features and innovation that you know, Qualcomm is doing. And I think this next plateau of audio quality um, and capability that builds on this you know, Snapdragon sound end-to-end uh, -end story that I uh, talked about earlier with things like uh, Bluetooth low energy, um, lossless CD quality, and, so, and some other really exciting, you know, next-gen uh, innovations. And, you know, I don't see a decrease in the appetite in, you know, for these types of advancements in the industry. I think one of the things that we can always bank on is that as new capabilities and new technologies kind of hit the market, that the industry has always come up with a way to create these incredible things um, that are based on these ever improving capabilities. So I expect that's going to continue. Dino, a lot of the work my colleagues and I at RCR Wireless News do is focused on 5G and it's certainly dominating the headlines in the telecom and technology worlds right now. Could you give us a little context on that relationship between 5G, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth? Sure, yeah. Um... So people sometimes try to portray uh, this as somewhat of a, you know, epic battle when, when in fact it's quite symbiotic. Um, you know, the way I think about it, and I know we've both been to Barcelona, is you put in context is that you do not view one of the tapas plates as competing with the other on the table, do you? Um, I think together they really meld and work to create a very, uh, you know, very tasty experience, right? And I kind of view um, 5G and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth really doing the same thing. They bring, you know, between Wi-Fi, for example, it really delivers symmetrical capabilities that are, you know, important for us to have regardless of transport network. So whatever application you're doing, whether you're on 5G or you're on Wi-Fi, you want that level of experience and that quality to be the same. Um, you know, cellular has focused on throughput, capacity, and latency for each, each generation, very similar to the path that Wi-Fi has, has done. And then, you know, when you look at it, there's still a very high percentage of the usage that remains in the home or the enterprise that's still via Wi-Fi. And, and, and again, in the limit I think Wi-Fi offers a capacity expansion and offload to um, a cellular network. So when you look at it, I think it's very symbiotic. And then I think the, the real value where I think uh, consumers see the benefit, um, especially maybe with a company like Qualcomm that can deliver both 
or all three of these technologies together is, you know, how you handle things like handshaking, handoffs, you know, switching between these different technologies. Um, and that at the end of the day is what makes or breaks the user experience, right? I, I'm sure something like this has happened to you or someone, you know, and it certainly happened to me. I'm on a, I'm on a call and, you know, actually uh, going from my home to, uh, to the car. And, and of course, just that at, at the most inopportune time when I'm supposed to start speaking, you know, the call gets dropped. So I think that that is an area where, um, you know, you can bring the most value and, and, and assistance at a, at a system level. Um, and we bring that to the table with our leadership in both fronts. The other thing I think that people are starting to see is, of course, you know, the smartphone, if you look at the smartphone and actually a growing set of other platforms, they, they're becoming the primary vehicle for content consumption and gaming, right? And audio experience in that, in that framework is key, um, you know, and, and really that next battleground, I think, for, uh, for, for the mobile operators and certainly um, the people playing in that space are going to be around audio and gaming. It's a whole culture and a very vibrant online community, um, you know, in gaming, for example. And I'm, you know, though I'm an occasional gamer, I think my son, you know, by far surpasses me. And he, he gives me a little bit of a window into the world on that. And, uh, you know, I hear him interact sometimes when he's playing and he talks about, uh, he's talking to other people on, you know, online. He's, they're using terms like, oh, this is glitchy. This is laggy. Um, they're talking about frames per second. They're talking about ping latency. And if you listen to this, I think, uh, you know, if you, if you st step back and realize that these were, you know, young, young kids, you would think that you were listening to, uh, you know, a group of people at a network operating trying to uh, diagnose a problem. Right? And in fact, what they're doing is they're actually, uh, they're actually making decisions on which servers they want to run on based on these metrics. So I think I think that's a very interesting, you know, challenge that people are trying to go solve at the most atomic level, at the gamer level. But um, these are the kinds of things that inform, you know, opportunities for companies and businesses in terms of what they, what they can do in terms of services to improve that experience. And I think that, you know, differentiating on these types of audio quality and latency metrics and really focusing on premium experience are what are going to set, you know, um, you know, uh, one, one uh, provider or one vendor uh, apart from another. And so, you know, I guess that's a, a longer way to say that, you know, all these pieces, 5G, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, all of them come together um, very symbiotically in terms of delivering this, you know, end experience that we all are, you know, craving. Earlier in our conversation, you referenced Wi-Fi 6E. Uh, we typically associate Wi-Fi with the unlicensed 2.4 and 5 gigahertz band, but that's changing now with Wi-Fi 6E. So for our audience, maybe you can tell us what it is, why it's exciting, and how you see it rolling out. Sure, that's 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 something that I, I'm actually. I think everyone in the industry is extremely excited about. I mean, for the first time in I think since the history of Wi-Fi, right? We're adding an entire new swath of spectrum um, in the six gigahertz band, and what that does to put it in perspective, that is, you know, increasing by. Uh, you know, a factor of four or five X, the capacity that has existed throughout 
the entire time any of us have known about, you know, Wi-Fi as a technology um, in one fell swoop. Now, there are about 28 or more countries right now that are in various stages of either having approved the use of that spectrum or in the process of approval. So it's, it's moving very quickly. And I think what's really interesting about that is it's, you know, across the board, it's a swath of spectrum that is, uh, you know, that is uh, going to be only available for other clients and devices that can support Wi-Fi 6E. Uh, and what that does is that drives not only capacity expansion, but now you look at it as uh, there's going to be less congestion. You'll be able, you know, you'll be able to support uh, latencies that are, uh, you know, quite small. Um, and that becomes very important when you talk about some of these uh, experiences, uh, you know, we had, that I discussed earlier, especially with um, extended reality. And so when you look at what that brings to the table, it really opens up a whole new world that is almost a, a unique and partitioned, you know, set of, set of uh, frequencies that only the latest devices can access. So I think it offers... Um, a lot of uh, you know uh, expansion opportunities for uh, devices to take advantage of you know more bandwidth and latency. Um, I think it also um, is going to improve reliability, right? So you'll be able to uh, you know take advantage of uh, more you know clear spectrum. You'll be able to take advantage of uh, uh, the ability to uh, schedule the clients more effectively. So I think it really tries, when you look at Wi-Fi 6 and the expansion of 6E, takes Wi-Fi into a scenario where it can be managed as a service more effectively with guaranteed uh, quality of service metrics that, um, you know, network operators have been running with since their inception. Specifically with um, our latest, uh, you know, family of devices, the FastConnect 6900, you know, we integrate all these baseline capabilities, including, you know, some really innovative latency optimizations. Uh, we implement something, uh, you know, in terms of a much more aggressive modulation scheme that, you know, normally things run at 1K. We've implemented something that's 4K QAM, so four times the, uh, the modulation to generate, you know, the highest throughput device um, on a client. We can run through our latest device at 3.6 gigabits per second. And all that's coupled with the types of power optimizations you'd expect on a constrained uh, device that has to run on a fixed uh, battery for you know, the majority of the day. So I think that 6E is going to bring that you know, dramatic capability to the table. Um, and it's going to, again, open up some opportunities for brand new applications to take root. You mentioned your daughter's experiences with virtual reality. So maybe let's take that as a use case to go a bit deeper into and expand the conversation from VR to XR. Can you talk me through the extended reality opportunity? Today, when you think of um, you know, virtual reality, it's really about a, a device with a cable that's plugged into a PC. And that PC is doing a lot of the, um, uh, the rendering work and, and then you're transmitting through a cable. I think um, with some of the devices, for example, like the, the Quest platform from Facebook, there you're, you're, you're actually downloading those applications and running those applications on your, um, 
on the actual headset. But those in and of themselves are, are, are limiting to some degree. Everything requires some sort of porting or a specific platform that you're connected to wired, right? So now imagine you being able to take advantage of this broad sort of universe of, of games or applications that might exist. And irrespective of where you are, you can connect to um, whatever that platform is, whether it's a gaming platform, whether it's a, a PC or, um, or a server that might be um, uh, either that you're connecting to via your home Wi-Fi or through a 5G network. All those are ways where, um, you know, I think the, the direction of where extended reality is going. And so one of the things that we're delivering through Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 6E is really the ability to do a couple things. Number one, how can we drive latency down? Latency is important because uh, you can imagine as you're moving your head um, and you're maybe scanning the surroundings, uh, one of the biggest complaints about virtual reality is that people have, uh, you know, they, they get, um, you know, disoriented or, or dizzy because the video or the or the uh, image in front of them isn't moving as fast as they're moving their head and it creates a creates a problem well you know a big piece of that is how you you know latency and how you can render the image so by moving to something that is wireless uh taking advantage of you know computing that is on another platform that may be more powerful that can do that rendering very efficiently and then being able to transmit that information with um kind of you know sub uh, threshold latencies, you know, the threshold of what you can perceive, you can really have this immersive, you know, non-laggy experience. I think the other piece of the equation is when you move from VR to something more like augmented reality, there you're, you're talking about things that are much smaller form factors, you know, not this big head-mounted display, but almost, you know, imagine, um, you know, wearing a pair of eyeglasses. So how do you make sure all that capability is, you know, packed into that very, you know, thin frame, light, uh, you know, lightweight uh, platform. And you have to really just start with a clean sheet of paper and look at, you know, how do you operate the device? So, you know, power optimizations, things like islanding, uh, being uh, really innovative in terms of how you transmit the data, what are the things you, you know, how you communicate end to end. And of course, ensuring that there's a reliable link there because the worst experience is one where you're constantly, you know, blanking out or glitching. So I think all those are ways that, um, you know, wireless technology is gonna make the current experience of VR kind of move to, a, you know, a, a much, you know, free and untethered world. But I think the game changer is really going to be, as you see in the next couple of years, augmented reality come out with these ultra light form factors and how things like Wi-Fi 6 and specifically our maybe Fast Connect uh, 6900 solution is going to make that um, possible. I also wanted to talk a bit about compute today, Dino. So how is this market evolving and how does Fast Connect fit into that uh, evolutionary trajectory? Great question. Yeah, I think, as I mentioned earlier, the compute market is rapidly changing. I think it's shifting from, from you know, somewhat of a um, commodity to, to something that uh, people see increasing value and, and driven by uh, connectivity innovation. Um, so number one, the computing challenges 
that we saw in the home, whether it's you know good wireless connectivity or really good uh, camera capability, those things are going to stay with us and, and they're going to move into you know the enterprise and continued. There'll be still a continued work from home dynamic that I think people will be adopting to, and so I think. Uh, the capabilities there uh, with respect to latency, bandwidth, all those will continue playing an important role with respect to Wi-Fi. Um, and in particular, I think what we've done on Fast Connect with um, our uh, multi-user MIMO, especially our uplink multi-user MIMO capability to help effectively manage two-way traffic. I think um, you know with 4K QAM, as I mentioned earlier, that's going to increase throughput and enable um, you know reducing uh, congestion because you'll be able to transmit for shorter period of times and i think when you couple that with the um the sound quality pieces right i think that that's that's the other that's the other piece of the equation that comes together and that people are going to the bar has been set much higher in terms of the quality of sound people are expecting and um and and i think that that's the the other piece of of um, this compute market or this PC market that's going to benefit from um, some of the innovations we're bringing on FastConnect and some of these next generation, you know, Bluetooth uh, audio capabilities that, you know, I mentioned earlier. So you've alluded to this a, a bit throughout our conversation today, but maybe big picture, you can just give us a breakdown of what's next for Wi-Fi and what's next for Bluetooth. Um, well, the next, uh, hard to believe, you know, we've just uh, rolled out, you know, Wi-Fi 6E, but there's a new standard that was just ratified in uh, May called Wi-Fi 7. And uh, just as a, a teaser, I think some of the promises that Wi-Fi 7 brings to the table are things like uh, driving up to, you know, five times greater um, speeds. I think Wi-Fi 7 will um, is going to take advantage of 4K QAM, which is really a nod to some of the you know, benefits that our current implementation, this, uh, you know, this Qualcomm only implementation that we've put in with 4K QAM in our solutions today with Wi-Fi 6E. So that's really exciting to see that you know, validation from the industry. Um, it'll drive much wider channels, especially with the six gigahertz spectrum that I mentioned earlier. It'll have the ability to run 320 megahertz channels. So just a, you know, those two together will drive that 5x, you know, speed improvement. And then I think the other piece that's most impactful, and there's there's a lot of new features that Wi-Fi 7 is going to bring to the table. Just trying to touch on the most important ones, but I think the next. The next thing that will be probably the most impactful will be something they call uh, MLO, which is really uh, going to drive down latency. Uh, and I think that, that those are probably the biggest things that um, you know, this next generation standard in Wi-Fi will bring. Um, of course, on top of any standard, there's innovation that uh, companies like Qualcomm have brought before to the table on top of you know existing standards and we're going to continue doing. I think with Bluetooth, really Bluetooth has become this, uh, you know, if you recall maybe you know six, seven years ago, Bluetooth was sort of, oh yeah, you know, there's Bluetooth, but Bluetooth over the last six and seven, six or seven years and specifically today has really become a, a hotbed of innovation. And I think we've introduced uh, some rich portfolio capabilities in our fast connect platforms 
And the most latest one, you know, we've included enhancements like smart antenna switching. I mentioned earlier sort of this end-to-end -end Snapdragon sound capability that really drives up quality and latency and, 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 and improves on power consumption. And a lot of other enhancements that really increase range and link robustness to avoid some of these common dropout scenarios. And I think things like, uh, you know, phone in the back pocket with your earbuds in listening uh, to music, walking down a beach in that scenario or walking in a park um, sound so, like something we do all the time, but these are the are the areas where I think uh, you know there's a robustness and a, and a quality improvement that uh, the industry's striving for. And beyond Snapdragon Sound coming to market, we at Qualcomm and certainly at an industry level, um, Bluetooth low energy audio is going to be coming to the market. I think over the next uh, you know year year or so. And that's really going to enable features like broadcast audio. It's going to enable features like, uh, you know, a voice back channel during gaming, um, lots of different ways to, uh, you know, support a multiple, you know, source and multiple uh, sync device uh, environment. And, you know, on top of that, there's, there's really some really extraordinary stuff cooking in the kitchen. Um, at least in Qualcomm, that I wish I could talk about, but maybe we'll save that for another uh, another discussion. Yeah, you've given us a, a really detailed look at the work Qualcomm is engaged in, but maybe for, for summary purposes, Dino, if a customer or potential customer were to ask you, why should I choose Qualcomm, what would you tell them? Well, yeah, I think that that is really something that I'm, I'm very you know passionate about. I think from a standpoint of... Um, how you customers can be successful um, in this market, in this market, or taking advantage of this technology, is you really need to have uh, to work with a partner that is investing and has invested significantly in maintaining leadership. Um, and you know, one thing Qualcomm has done over the course of its history is make significant ongoing you know, R&D investments in future wireless connectivity technologies, whether they're, um, you know, in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, they're in other, you know, other technologies like 60 gigahertz or even things in the future that, you know, that, that, we, that we might decide to um, invest in. But overall, it's really about the reason we invest in these technologies to ensure our customers are on the leading edge, um, that they have the most, you know, cutting edge capabilities, that they're able to take advantage of, you know, real impactful, um, uh, you know, features that make a difference to, to their customers. I think, you know, Qualcomm has demonstrated that leadership and we've got, you know, the tremendous product experience in wireless technologies that really spans the gamut from very low frequency, let's say, you know, 10 megahertz up to 60 gigahertz and beyond. I think as a company, we have an unparalleled system level design approach and an implementation that we've actually delivered in products that allows us to work very seamlessly with our, our leading 5G technology and, 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 and forward as that turns into you know, the next generation you know, cellular technology. And I think the one area we've really stood out in is focused on these impactful end-to-end -end features that are you know, very focused on customers and you know, how do we deliver when we look at our IP development over the course of the last 25 years, how do we deliver on those promises? 
um, so that our customers can realize some of the things they always ask us about as, as we go forward from one generation to the next. We have deep understanding in the ecosystems we play in, whether it's Android, Windows, Chrome, or this emerging area in the XR market. And uh, frankly, we've got the best-in-class product offerings for Wi-Fi 6 and 6E and a leadership end-to-end Bluetooth audio solution um, that you know, we're very proud of and uh, we expect to continue uh, investing in and making some great strides moving forward. Well, I really enjoyed hearing from you about the work Qualcomm has and is doing, Dino. So thank you for taking the time to share your thoughts with me and with our listeners. 